right? Uh, and if you guys have a Bible, you can open it up. Verse 10, uh, blessed are those who are persecuted. Uh, I don't know about this, Jesus. Where, where are we going with this, okay? Persecuted for righteousness' sake. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I kind of glance over hard things uh, oftentimes in God's Word. Um, but a question that we need to ask is, as a believer, um, do we believe what Jesus says in verse 10? And he says, you are blessed from me, and you will be persecuted. You will be persecuted. That's a tough pill to, to swallow oftentimes. So let me read. I'm going to read through verse 12, um, and then we'll kind of dive in. So Jesus is speaking here. He says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we have three points this morning from this, from this text. The first one is, Christians will be persecuted. The second one is diving into how do we respond when persecution comes to us. It's not a matter of if, but when it comes to us. And then what's our hope? What's our hope in the midst of this persecution as we see this? Um, if you look here at verse 12, it says, Jesus is saying, the prophets before you. Persecution is not new to the church. It's not new to Christianity. When we look at the Old Testament, we see prophets, right? Being persecuted. Think about Jeremiah. Think about even David, King David, for years just fleeing persecution from Saul. And then later is his very son. Um, when you look at even in the New Testament, right, you see persecution um, of the disciples. And we'll even look at even the very person of Jesus was not above being persecuted. Um, and then you even look at modern day today, and you guys see that there's persecution in the world. So what we can see from Scripture here is point number one, Christians will be persecuted there will be persecution. He said, blessed are those. Well, who, who are those? Those are believers. Those are followers of Jesus. So if you're in here and you say, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus is explicit and he's clear. You will be persecuted and that there's blessing in that. That we'll get to here in a second. But there will be persecution. I have a quote here from William Fitch. It says this, The blessed life is a costly life and will always encounter the antagonism of the world. Man, that's, that's so true, isn't it? Christianity is about both and and. Being blessed, right? Because we know Christ. But then at the same time, it costs you everything. Try to wrap your head around that. I feel like I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. The antagonism of the world is what William says that we experience in the blessed life, the costly life of following Jesus. Following Jesus means more persecution. <laughs> Experiencing persecution means, though, that we get to experience Jesus more clearly. Let me say that one more time. Following Jesus means persecution, 
But experiencing that persecution means we get to experience Jesus more clearly. Does anyone want to experience Jesus more clearly? I do. Is anyone scared of persecution? I am. But that's what we see in Scripture. We see it in this verse. We see it throughout Scripture. These things are hand in hand. And I just, I just want to be clear, when, we, when we're kind of talking about persecution this morning, we're not talking about, you know, man, Clark, I, I just posted this Facebook post the other night, and you wouldn't believe the comments I got, okay? Um, we're not really talking about that type of persecution, okay? We'll get there in a second. Could be, most likely, probably not, okay? Um, we're not talking about, you know, my kids have been sick for the past two weeks. I haven't gotten sleep. Guys, I've been persecuted. Like, no, that's just called being a dad, okay? That's called life, okay? Hardship, okay? Uh, and for a believer and unbeliever, there's hardship, right? Like, life is hard. But when, when I say persecuted, when we, when we look at uh, the word persecution, this is what we need to understand, okay? We need to be clear on this. This is someone who experience, experiences hostility and violence simply because of their faith in Christ. That's it. So how do you know if I'm being persecuted? Are you experiencing some type of violence and hostility just because of your faith in Jesus? Nothing else. Not are you being offensive to others and they're responding back to you, but is your life, because of what Jesus has done, offensive to the world? That's what Jesus is saying here. That's who he's talking to. Um, as I did a lot of research, reading various things, I know some of you guys that know me well, like, what? Clark was researching and reading? Um, but I was. And I came to this website, and it, it, it tracks all of the persecution in the Christian church in the world. And I spent, <laughs> I spent probably too long reading stuff. But uh, to be honest with you guys, it was fascinating. At the same time, uh, it just broke me. Um, it was extremely sad. I just want to kind of read. It had in this one um, article a couple of just spotlights, little highlights on just the various and numerous stories of persecution in the world. So, so listen intently to this. So a woman in India watches as her sister is dragged off by Hindu nationalists. She doesn't know if her sister's alive or dead. These are real. A man in a North Korean prison camp is shaken awake after being beaten unconscious. The beatings begin again. A woman in Nigeria runs for her life. She has escaped from Bako Haram, who kidnapped her. She is pregnant, and when she returns home, her community will reject her and her baby. A group of children are laughing and talking as they come out of the church's sanctuary after eating together. Instantly, many of them are killed in a bomb blast. It's Easter Sunday in Sri Lanka. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about persecution. When we look at the world, these things are true. And I just want you guys to hear this. Don't hear this as just stories. Every one of those things I just read is a soul that God loves, that God's purchased, that God's saved. So I got some statistics for you guys, um, and this has been updated just in the past year. 
340 million Christians are living in places where they experience high levels of persecution, um, discrimination. And what we mean by that is, yes, violence, but we're talking about persecution to the church and gathering, governments controlling what they say, what they do, when and where, people spying and monitoring. Okay, it's, it's, it's a lot. Over 340 million Christians experienced that. Just over 4,700 Christians were killed in this past year simply because they love Jesus. That's it. 4,400 churches and other Christian buildings have been attacked, and a little over 4,200 believers have been detained without trial, arrested, arrested and sentenced, or put in prison. I hope that gives you perspective in the world, not just here in America, but in the world. So if you guys are hearing me, if you're tracking with me, there should be a question that either has popped up now or maybe has in the past. Why on earth would I sign up for this? <laughs> like, why would I want to be persecuted? Uh, I thought Jesus was a good thing. Like, I thought if I gave my life to Christ, I mean, everything was going to be great. It was going to be fun. It was going to be easy. Doesn't Jesus want me to be happy? Doesn't he want me to experience comfort? Well, yes and no. Okay? Jesus tells us in John 15, I think I have it up here. Jesus is clear. He says to his disciples, to his people, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I've said to you. A servant's not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, what are they going to do? They're going to persecute you. If they kept my word, they also will keep yours. So sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I get caught up in this life of comfort. I get caught up in the easy, the comfortable. And then when I come to these passages, it's, it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge that Jesus uses clear words that we wish that Jesus wouldn't use, like hate. So if you have experienced persecution, you're not alone. And one other thing that we have to understand, too, is that following Jesus is the best thing, is the good thing. But following Jesus costs us something. As we see here later in the verse, it says, for righteousness sake. And here's something that we have to be clear on, okay? That blessed are the persecuted for righteousness sake. Life is full of trials. It's full of tribulations. But we know that persecution is different. And what Jesus is meaning here is, does your life reflect the righteousness that I have given you? Are you being persecuted? Are you being persecuted by someone or by something for the right reasons? Because if it's not for righteousness sake, it's not persecution. And there's no blessing in that. Um, sadly, I think um, there's a lot of miscommunication, um, misunderstanding 
on what persecution really looks like. I know I made a lighthearted comment about me being um, a father and being woken up multiple times. Um, but we have to understand what Jesus says here in persecution is for righteousness' sake. And, and you know, you, you might ask the question of like, who is, who's persecuting people in the world? Who's, even when you look at history, who is the persecutor? Well, guys, we've seen it. You know, when you look back at history, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Roman Empire, right? Who literally says Christians are, not, are unhuman by the way they live their life, right? And they monitored them and they, and they killed them, right? Some of the massive slaughters in society. You see other um, dictators, even currently, that are persecuting, that are, that are even killing believers. It's like, those are who are persecuting us. Um, surely it's just the people that are outside the church. Surely it's the unreligious, right, that are persecuting us. And while that's true, what we even see in Scripture is it's not just the irreligious, is it? It's the religious. When we look back at Scripture, we see the Pharisees, the one who have memorized the Old Testament, the one who knows way more than I do, and probably you guys do, they have been the chief people that have persecuted. You guys ever uh, heard of a guy named Saul, who is now Paul? Okay, Saul was the chief persecutor of Christians early in the church. So brothers and sisters, we see it outside in the irreligious. We see it even inside. How many of you guys have experienced persecution for someone who said they're a brother or sister in the faith? I know you have. Or I know you've known someone. Maybe in your, even in your families, you've experienced persecution, haven't you? Simply because you're trying to follow Jesus and do what he's told you to do. The Pharisees and Saul are great examples of this. And a great example, too, of living in light of righteousness' sake is Stephen. Stephen, one of the first deacons in the early church, literally is stoned to death because of why? His life reflected the righteousness of Christ. And the Pharisees could not stand it. It was in conflict. It was in chaos. Um, John Stott says this, persecution is simply the clash between two... Iris <laughs> Can't pronounce that word. Somebody help me out here. In recognition... <laughs> Can't say it. Value systems. <laughs> it's funny. There's certain words I just cannot pronounce. Anyways, you guys get it, okay? And I love this. When I was reading this from John, it's just, when you think about, if you think about bringing it back, persecution, to the basic things, it's this value system does not line up with this one. And it says right here, it's a clash. I even love that wording. There's violence in that. There's chaos in that. Another thing I was thinking through, and you might be asking is, okay, Jesus says that if we're believers, we're going to be persecuted. Okay, I'm tracking with that. Does that mean I should seek this out? Well, Jesus would say, no, you shouldn't seek it out. Well, how does that look like for us here in Carrollton, okay, in America right now where we have freedoms? And I was, when I was talking to Jenny about this, 
I think the biggest way that we experience persecution is through relationships. And I just would title this relational persecution. And this is what I mean. One of my best friends, um, actually the guy who set me and Jenny up, so I'm, I'm really fond of him. Um, when he started following Jesus in college, um, he started dating this girl who, who loved the Lord. And before they got married, they would go on these family trips with her side of the family. And her side of the family uh, were not believers. So they would go to these trips, they go on these vacations, and then, you know, at times it's time to go, you know, to sleep. And my friend and his girlfriend would sleep in, in separate rooms. And they would get... Their, their family, her family could not understand that. Like, why are you guys in separate rooms? Like, it's okay. And they had so many different conversations. And from what I know, they've experienced real persecution even from their family. I think we see that a lot more in our circles of this relational, this social persecution. Um, for high schoolers or college kids in the room, I think what I see, even being a college minister, most times is believers in college and high school don't want to say they follow Jesus. You want to know why? Because people will bash them. They will say hurtful things about them. Sometimes it's lighthearted, but sometimes it's more serious. That's the type of thing that we're going to see most of here. So, point number two. If Christians will be persecuted, how, how should we respond to this? How do we respond to this type of persecution? And we respond to it in three ways. Out of joy, full of love, and forgiveness. Okay, so out of joy, full of love, and forgiveness. And guys, I, I just, disclaimer here on how we respond to persecution. I long for things that are comfortable. I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm a rather big individual. I love food. I love eating the best food. Uh, diets, I bounce back and forth from diets. Um, I played offensive line in college. They literally like paid me. Well, I wish, they, wish I played now where they actually did pay me. But you know, they paid me through a scholarship uh, where literally like you eat as much as possible. Um, when my kids come and wake me up in the middle of the night, like I, I, those things are hard for me. I am comfort driven. So how do we respond to this out of joy, out of love and forgiveness? Um, those things are not natural. Those things are hard things. But the one thing I do want us to understand is how do we not respond to persecution? And the Bible's clear and Jesus is clear. We don't shrink away. We don't shrink away. When persecution comes up, we don't turn. We don't run from it. We don't invoke persecution, but we don't turn away from it. So the first thing that we do here is we respond to it out of joy. Verse 12 even shows us, um, the New Living Translation says this, be happy about it. Be very glad. I think I have it up here on the screen. Do I have joy up there? James 1, 2 through 4 says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. So, when we are persecuted, Jesus, James, Scripture says, we should be 
glad about it. Anybody else confused? That's confusing. Um, when I would get into fights growing up and somebody would punch me in the face, I'm not glad about that. I'm angry. I'm more angry about that. But Jesus says you should count it joy. You want to know why you should count it joy? Because when you experience persecution as a believer, it confirms that you know Jesus. Doesn't that bring you joy? There's legitimacy to your faith. Count it all joy. That brings about another question. Have you experienced persecution? Have you experienced that type of joy? When we've talked to foreign missionaries in these places where those statistics are really more real, I mean, you should just hear some. And I know you guys have heard some of these stories. But they have a different joy, don't they? It's different. It's deeper. And it only comes from this blessing of being persecuted. So count it all joy. If you haven't experienced this persecution, if you haven't experienced this joy, it should beg the question of, how's your legitimacy? Do you know Christ? So we respond out of joy, and then we respond full of love. I think I have John 15 up here. Jesus says this, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Even on July 4th, just thinking about the wars and the veterans, I mean, this, this should resonate. Laying down your life for someone, for your friend, for someone you haven't met, there's honor there. And Jesus acknowledges that honor. And Jesus knows this because Jesus is not above laying down his life. Jesus was the one who laid down his life for his friends. Jesus is the one that says, and the joy before him, he endured the cross. You guys, you guys believe that? When Jesus saw the cross, when he knew that he was going to be, when he was going to be crucified, when God was going to pour out all of his wrath on him, certainly we know in the Garden of Gethsemane, there was a lot of fear, but there also was a lot of joy. Because he thought about you. Isn't that amazing? The joy that Jesus knew that he could endure that. And Jesus was full of love. And the last way that we are to respond to persecution is that of forgiveness. I think this might be the hardest principle to wrap my head around. That when we are persecuted, we are to forgive the persecutor. That's, that's hard. But Jesus calls us to do that. Um, when you think about Jesus, when you think about the gospel, um, you, should, you ask the question, why should I forgive? Why should I forgive this person who's caused me hardship? And we're talking biblical forgiveness. We're not talking about saying it, but in your heart, harboring it. 
Jesus is saying, no, when you forgive, you actually forget the offense. You overlook it. It's no longer on that person's record. That's hard to wrap our heads around. But here, here's what drives it home for me. I can forgive others because Jesus forgave me. See, I wasn't some righteous, good boy. Sure, my parents, who are in the crowd right now, told me how to say, yes, sir, no, sir. But spiritually, I was what? I was an enemy. I was an enemy of God. I wasn't a friend of God. I was living for myself. I was living for my name. And Jesus says, I forgive you. When that grips our heart, that's what leads us, not perfectly, but that leads us towards, I can forgive this person. You can forgive if you realize how much you've been forgiven. Forgiveness. Joy, love, and forgiveness is how we're to respond for persecution. Which brings us to our last point. We are blessed in Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is telling his people here, you will be persecuted. I've been through it. You will experience it. But I want you to know, the reward is far, far, far greater. You get the kingdom of heaven. You get me. Anybody long for heaven? There's times where I long for heaven. Glorification of our bodies, the sin, the things that it's affected in our lives, gone, because we've been justified, sanctified, and then glorified. Jesus is speaking about these theological truths, but he's saying, don't be focused on the here and now. Be focused about the reward to come. And man, is it glorious. It's amazing. That's the blessing that I'm blessing you with. Um, Revelation says that Jesus will greet us, and he'll what? He'll wipe away every tear. And we won't experience any more pain. All things will be right. There'll be no more persecution. Things will be at shalom, at peace. And, here, and here's why this is so important. Is because we get to spend eternity with Jesus. That Jesus is our joy. That Jesus has loved us. And that Jesus was persecuted for you. So that you can experience his forgiveness and his grace and his joy. We are blessed people as the people of God. And even when you think that circumstances are at the worst, history shows us that God uses the worst circumstances to bear the most fruitful seasons for Christianity. When you think about what happened in the Roman Empire, the blood of the martyrs is what spread the believers to even bring it here to us now. God is at work. God is sovereign. And when persecution happens, it gets rid of that nominal Christianity, doesn't it? You really see and believe who you really are. Where's the most growth right now for the Christian church? 
and probably one of the most hostile places outside of North Korea. It's in Iraq. Isn't that crazy? God does impossible things for his glory and for our good. So a couple things, an application. Take an inventory of your life. Has there been persecution in your life? This is a really good indicator to see what type of life you're living. Is it for righteousness' sake? Is it for Christ? Or is it for the sake of you and for your life of comfort? Jesus says, if anyone were to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That doesn't sound comfortable, does it? Daily, daily, daily. And this week, I want you guys to hear this, big or small, if you experience persecution, I hope you guys really hear and know, you have the hope of Christ in you. He who is in the world is not greater than King Jesus. And he has given us hope. He has given us encouragement. And that promise is for you if you're in Christ. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, I'm so thankful you have not left us, uh, that you are with us, you are for us, that you're honest with us, that we will experience hard things, persecution, but that you say, you are with us, you are for us, and you will not forget us because we have a hope. And that hope is secure in the person of Jesus. So we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you so much that you are with us in the midst of hardship. I pray for my brothers and sisters here that if they have been experiencing that, that you would bring them hope, that you would prepare the rest of us even this week, when we experience forms of persecution, Father, would you give us joy? Would you give us love? Would you teach us how to forgive as you forgave us? We pray that in Christ's name. Amen.